The B word can be beautiful. I'm Anita Joyce here with Kelly Wilkness, and this is Decorating Tips and Tricks, episode 370, low-cost, high-style decorating. And should we say what the B word is, Kelly? Well, I think everybody knows what it is, don't they? I don't think they do. <laughs> it's a it's not a nice word. No, it's not. It's budget, you guys. We're not going to say budget again as we're going along here because really what we're the topic and what we're focusing on is low cost high style decorating. So that's what we've titled, but you know, in its uh, I guess uh essence Low cost could be thought of as budget. But budget, I don't like that word. I've said that before. I think people feel limited when we say budget. So low cost just seems like a nicer way. It's like a euphemism. Yeah. I think so. It's, yeah, low cost high style decorating is, I'll tell you what it's not about. It's not about budget. Okay. It's not about cheap. It's not about having this and wishing you really had that. Mm -hmm. What it is, is, in my opinion, and then Anita can tell you what she thinks, what I think it's about is thinking out of the box, shopping around and making smart purchases, and getting exactly what you want, or better, for less. Right. And it may not be that everything in the room is a low-cost item, but I think the secret is mixing. One of the secrets is mixing. So maybe you have a few high cost things. That's what people focus on when they see the room. But then you've mixed in these other things that aren't so expensive. So it's just kind of some little tricks that we use. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if something low cost, inexpensive, next to something that's known to be of high value or it's made of expensive materials or something, that more expensive item is going to elevate the less expensive item. So it's, yeah. So it's not running out and filling your house with a cart full of things that you just came home from TJ Maxx with. I love TJ Maxx. I love home goods. Every once in a while, you can get something really spectacular there, but you've got to mix it in with other things. Exactly what Anita's saying. And that is one of the tricks. There are some other tricks too um, of actually, you, as I mentioned, thinking out of the box. So say your your bottom line doesn't allow for exactly what you want. Um, sometimes this comes up particularly with a custom item. Well, think about a way around it and think of a way to create that same thing. And maybe you'll even like it better for a lot less. I have a video that I just put out, and it's the same title, Low Cost High Style Decorating. And in it, there are five things. And these are things that I have used out of the box thinking, creative thinking. And I, it's, it's, I've, there are items that I needed really, some of these things, like a refrigerator handle and a vent cover for my return, but they were all independently going to be very expensive. And I didn't want to pay that much for them. So I thought about ways around it and how I could get what I needed and the look that I wanted for a lot less. And so I'll put the link in the show notes to that video. So pop on over there 
and you can have a look at those particular items. Um, so yeah, so those things that I talk about in the video are more like problem solvers, things I needed mm-hmm. something and I wanted to uh, pay less for it. And so I thought of a way to get around it and create it in a different way. I think a lot of what we're going to be talking about today is actually decorating ideas. So how to elevate your decorating for not too much money. Oh, definitely. I mean, I think there is a creative element. And when you're on a budget, it forces you to be creative. And it really is amazing the fun ideas that you can come up with. And if you didn't have the tight budget, uh, I don't think it would force you to be as creative. And I think sometimes you wouldn't end up with such a fun solution. And really, to me, when I have these limitations and I create something or use something new in a different way, or use something in a different way than it was originally intended, I get more joy out of it than if I spent just a lot of money and solved the problem with money. Wouldn't you agree with that? Oh, I so agree. And that's what's also going to add a lot of personality to your decorating into your home overall. Because if you have to kind of go a little bit off the beaten track to either get the look you want or solve a decorating issue that you have, that's what makes your house interesting. Um, if you're just going out and buying something that somebody else could buy if they had the pocketbook for it, then, you know, that's kind of easy. I found that too with, and I wonder if other people have had this experience. Um, I've built one house from scratch and the other several houses that we've done over have been pre-existing houses of various ages. Even though it was an exciting challenge to build a house from scratch, I didn't feel like all my creative buttons were being pressed as hard. Oh, you know well, maybe not. Well, but, but we built this house from scratch and I incorporated a lot of fun ideas that were really just kind of something I chose. I went right. and got some salvage things. But, you know, I, maybe I would have pushed it. It would have been more difficult, I guess, doing a remodel. But it was still a pretty fun experience. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's so fun. And I don't mean to take away from that experience for you or for anybody. I'm just saying that sometimes when you're just like, this is the shape of the room. And you're like, oh, wow. Okay, now I have right, to work right. around that. So yes, how do I yes. do that? Or uh-huh. the the ceiling slopes down here. So where is the bed going to go? And you yeah. know, what is the headboard going to look like? All those things. So you've kind of constantly... Um, confronted with these limitations that either you have to give into or work around. Yep. Yep. I, that's right. There's definitely more limitations that way. And it does force you to be even more creative. I will agree with that. I'll grant you that. How about Thank you. Thank you. And, and by the by, your house is fabulous. And you did exactly what we tell everybody else to do is that you took pieces that were somewhat unexpected or pieces that were, you know, vintage and made them part of your home, which again, giving it so much personality, making so distinct to you. And that's how you created this completely new Cedar Hill farmhouse slash Anita Joyce style. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Are you ready to get started? Yeah. Okay. So my first idea on how to get this high style decorating for not spending a lot of money is the ever popular declutter your house, which sounds like a throwaway idea, but you would be amazed at how much this will do for your room. And I think when you're redoing a room or kind of rearranging or rethinking it, 
before you even consider adding anything to the room, I think the first step is to take out anything that you really don't think is working in the room. Must and anything extra. be done. Yes. Yeah, must be done. Do not do anything else. Do not pass go if you need to be doing this. Right? So you're <laughs> taking out so you're taking out things that really are uh, things you don't like in the first off you're going to take out anything you really don't like that's in the room, but also you're going to look and see what else doesn't fit in the room. What else feels odd in the room? And does the room seem too full? And what can be taken out? So those are kind of the questions you're going to ask yourself as you're taking things out of the room. And then maybe you take something out and say, you know what? I feel like it needs to go back. And so then maybe that's going to tell you if you've gone too far. Yeah. So think about stripping away first rather than adding on. And if you then have this sort of clean slate, as clean as you want to have it, uh, then you can move on and then take out anything that, you know, kind of is maybe bringing the other stuff down. You know, you want things in the room that are, that you love individually and that make the other items in your room look better. So this is how we're getting the high style part of it. So if there's something that, you know, it's just kind of a pillow, say, that's frayed and tattered around the edges. You know, maybe your dog got to it or something like that. Just let it go. Let's get a new pillow cover. Let's move on because that's not going to make your sofa look any better. So all these things that, so take a hard look at everything. It might not just be things you don't like. It's maybe just things that are sort of a little past their prime. So get rid of all that stuff. And then, you know, if you're adding new things, and you're thinking, well, I don't have that much t- money to spend. Again, I caution you, do not just go to the off-price stores and look there. Um, you know, certainly we're advocates of flea markets and thrift stores and all that. Certainly do all that. But if you are adding significant pieces to your home, whether it's in furnishings or textiles or something like that, start shopping around. Look at the higher end things. Find some things that you like. Now, I don't want you to do that so then you feel bad because you can't afford it or you just it's just not going to happen this year or next year. Or, you know, if you got that pillow, then you couldn't have a coffee table, then it's not worth it. Right. But see what it, it is that you are really drawn to. Then start looking around. If it's a piece of fabric that you just really want a pillow made of, start looking at shops online or shops locally to you that might have remnants. Go to fabric stores. You can call and ask them, hey, you know, I'm looking for, if you know exactly the pattern and the color and the uh, brand of the fabric, start asking around. You just never know. And you may end up not finding the exact piece, but maybe somebody who has vast knowledge of fabrics and whatnot, it would say to you, hey, you know, you want Schumacher, but Waverly makes a pattern that's very similar. And that might be perfect. And that might be well within the um, price that you're willing or able to pay. So don't just go to, I guess what I would call it is like the lowest common denominator right away. Mm -hmm. Start high and then See if you can fill it in with something on sale, something that's, um, you know, there's the the, la- the floor model. I love a floor model. You know, so maybe a piece of furniture has a ding on it or something. So what? It's probably going to get a ding in your real life too. So maybe you can fix it. Maybe a little touch of paint, a little touch of stain, something like that. So that's where I would encourage you. Start high and then come down and see if you can get the higher priced item at a really great price. Kelly, I think what you said 
I, it's so important that I want to restate it, and that is to go look in high, high style, expensive stores, either in person or online. This is where you start if you want high style for low cost, because how are you going to create this look if you don't know what it is? You really need to go study the expensive furniture, the expensive fabrics, the expensive looks, because you want to get as close to that as you can for a reasonable price. I just think of the people that work for the government that that fight against fraud and people that are illegally printing you know dollar bills and the the forger you know the fraudulent printing, and they are the way they know. One of the ways they can really tell if something is not is a fake dollar bill is by studying the real thing. So if you're going to study the real thing, then you're going to know what it looks like and you're going to know how to get pretty close to that. So I think that's very important to really spend time looking at the real deal. Because if you don't, then you know it's going to be hard to get a high, uh, high street look without knowing what, the, what it is you're trying to do. Yeah, and and what fun research is that? You know, <laughs> like, right, you right. Know, it is put aside the oh, I wish I could have it just like that. You know, because it's going to be more fun because you're either going to be like, yes, I got that hundred and ten dollar yard fabric for you know twenty four ninety nine, or you're going to say, oh my gosh, that end table was eleven hundred dollars and I got it uh, for four hundred because it was the floor model. What have you? You know those kinds of things. So it's going to be really. Exciting exciting to not only learn all of that. And you know, it's if you're listening to this podcast, then you're really interested in decor and furnishings. You may even be interested in the history of decor and whatnot. So, you know, educating yourself on whatever high-end style floats your boat. And, you know, may some of it may involve some very um, distinct types of furniture periods of furniture, things like that. So it's kind of interesting to educate yourself on all that anyway. you know. So you recognize, oh, that's a Chippendale chair or that's this type of chair or something like that. So you know, it's it's sort of you know part of learning something new every day as well. And then you have this storehouse of knowledge for when you're out there in the world looking to fill your own home or online looking to add things to your own home. Yeah. And I would go to some of these stores that had some really expensive stuff and wait for them to have a, just kind of some closeout sales. And I got some pretty amazing deals, scratch and dent things. I got some furniture where maybe it was missing one of the pillows that came with a piece of furniture. I thought, no worries, I'll just make my own. And I got some really good deals at some of these, some furniture stores, some design stores really have some fabulous sales. I And you're just going to have to look in your area to find out what those places are. But yeah, if there's a designer that's kind of selling things that maybe just didn't sell, I mean, that would be a great sale to go to. Oh, yeah. Call me if you don't know. I was going to say, yeah, because I, yeah, I'm thinking, oh, I've got some stuff I'm going to have to get rid of. So yeah, sometime soon. I know, but I just can't make myself do with a garage sale. It's so much work. I've done those a number of times and it is a lot of work. Would you do it again? It's a long day. You know, I don't, when I had enough stuff and 
I don't have enough stuff right now to make it worthwhile. And if you are considering something like that, I mean, this is a little off-roading here we are. So put your seatbelt on. You know, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna go off on a different tangent for a minute. But if you out there are listening and thinking, gosh, you know, this would be a great way, but eh, you know, for the effort for the whole day, I don't have that much stuff. Team well, up. Clo- well, or close early. If you're or close out. early, right? Mm-hmm. But you know. Sometimes yeah, even the sure. the dial up to it because you know just getting it all going you're like oh it still takes time. Um, team up with a few people. I did that one year and we had so much fun. It was actually the two uh, friends of mine that I had my Etsy shop with, and we both are, were or three were collectors as Anita and I are. And at some point we said let's just you know let this go on to some other people who will love it. And we had a blast. Yeah, if we lived near each other, we would be doing well, this that. Would all be the a time. good one. Oh, I know. That I would know. be fun. Yeah, or maybe some blogger near you that gets a lot of stuff from sponsors that's <laughs> oh, yeah, moving that's things out idea. the door. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, definitely strive to get the best quality that you can afford. And you you really can. And here's another thought if it's like uh maybe draperies or something like that. And you know, made with the pleats and all of that, and, you know, custom made, it's just too expensive. Um Look for the fabric. Maybe do a simpler fabric. You can get nice linen fabric at Joann's and it's not that expensive. And then instead of doing something really complicated with pleats, which is a little formal for our times now anyway, if you have any ability to sew a straight line, you could put a couple of seams and then do either a rod pocket or you can do, I love the rings, uh, clip-on rings. And so then it's really easy to open shut them if you want to do that. That's a great way to get you know beautiful fabric, adding some texture, and bringing your eye up in a room for you know the cost of some yardage. Yeah, that's a great point. And drop cloth is such a great fabric if you need a throw over a bed. If you want to just redo your bed, you could just throw that on top of your bed or cut it to size, tuck it in even, and then just do your. Uh, bed skirt underneath, that would be a fine look. People hang them, like you said, with the clips and use them for curtains. And I even have a tutorial in my book, French Accents, in the second edition, about how to use drop cloth to make your own long drop bedspread. So there's so much you can do with the drop cloth. It really is. And it's a great, I've used them for tablecloths too. I mean, they come in different sizes. So that's Mm -hmm. something easy to do. I had that on my list for the holidays because tablecloths are expensive. They are. And that's something that I really, you know, I'll spend money on a really nice runner because I'd like to have a runner on my table just all the time for just to add a little texture to the room. But a tablecloth, I probably wouldn't keep it on all the time. So I'd be putting it on for a holiday meal or a special meal. And then people think they can just eat off it. And, you, know, like, <laughs> know, and you mean stain like, it and stuff? <laughs> wait a second. Um, this, like, can we just appreciate the table setting for a few minutes before you guys dig in? Because inevitably, I mean, and I have to say sometimes it's even myself. You know, you drop a little oh, cranberry yeah. sauce or oh, a little wine day. gets yeah. sloshed out of it. And what a bummer is that? Yeah, my family's not the neatest eaters. Yeah, we use it on the – I have – ugly, ugly tables we use at the farm when we have uh, a lot of people out there. They're just kind of those old fold-out kind mm-hmm. of particle board. They really are ugly, hideous. And I do the drop cloth all the way to the ground so no one can see how bad looking. And they look great. 
And I just, you know, you throw in a little bleach and they're fine. Right. And if they're not fine, the next time you're going to do a spray painting project, you know, use it on the ground. It's fine. So now if you're doing them to the ground, are you putting a drop cloth on the sort of like on the horizontal, like perpendicular to the length of the table so it goes long? Or do you sew them together? No, I didn't. No, I'm, oh my goodness, I'm not going to sew them together. They just overlap. But I mean, I have massively sized ones. Okay. And, I mean, because the tables, I think I have three eight-foot tables. Okay. Because a lot of the ones that you order are kind of, they're super long, but they're rather on the skinny side. Well, these are, yeah, I these are really, I don't know how big they are, but I think I even have to tuck them under. They're too big. Oh, okay. They're really so, large. Yeah. So look at that. If you like this idea, um, then if you're You can always your- fold them over or sew them and cut them to size. And I have a round table at the mm-hmm. farm in the kitchen. And long ago, before I even knew about drop cloths, I bought a kind of a cream colored denim fabric, basically a canvas. You know, yeah. It was drop cloth, really. And sewed and made this thing. It was so expensive. And I just later looked and thought, you mean I could have just bought a piece of drop cloth for oh, half the my. price, done no sewing? Now it would have been square instead of round. Right. But I just thought, what on earth was I thinking? I, I just was kind of hitting myself on that one. Yeah. yeah. It was bad. No. Yeah. I See, that's the thing. Because we didn't I, have our didn't, podcast I then. I didn't know. So you didn't know. You didn't I really know. didn't. Um, another idea is um, an inexpensive console table. So say you have your sofa or what have you near a window. You know, we always suggest to you, if you can, like I can't really in my living room, but if you can pull your furnishing sort of off the wall a little bit. So if you've got it pulled away from the window a little bit, maybe it's not far enough to have an actual console table, or maybe you just don't want to spend the money on a console table that you're not going to see. You could have a, like just make sort of a shelf off or under the frame of the window. So it's coming out. You could put a couple of corbels. You know, everybody's window is going to be a little bit different. So, you know, adjust as you may have to these ideas. But picture like just a plank of wood, like, uh, I don't know, it's like six inches wide, eight inches wide, and the length of your window sort of under the sill. And then maybe some wood corbels. You can get those in the aisles at Home Depot coming underneath it, or you could just do simple metal brackets. And that could create an extension of the window, which you could put plants, something like that. But if you have a piece of furniture in front of it, that can act as a console table. So you haven't gone out and spent money on an additional table, and you've just created this little piece. And if you move the furniture around, it's probably easy to remove it as well. Well, I was thinking too, an inexpensive way to have a buffet or console table would be to use some really cheap piece of uh, furniture or maybe even some sort of particle board thing and then just drape the the um, drop cloth over it. And mm-hmm. I kind of had some that I didn't sew, but I kind of folded it so that it was nice and neat and there weren't kind of messy corners. Mm-hmm. So it kind of had nice crisp corners on the fabric and I tucked in the extra fabric. And I did that on a table that was really not one that I liked and used that. So you can do that. In fact, Ballard Designs, I think, has a cover that you could put over. I think they have some particle board thing you can buy. Or you can get your own. And then they had, I think, a burlap cover with a really beautiful fringe, 
thick, heavy fringe on the bottom. So very simple, but really pretty. And I think that would be lovely and not as expensive as a is a fancy console table. Yeah, that's a good idea. I've seen that one. Sort of an updated version of the round table with the the yes. the tablecloth over it, exactly. which I had and I liked for a long time. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I think they still really work. Um, so yeah, lots of ways just to, to, to tweak things a little bit. Here's just a, an umbrella thought is if you if you're going to do something super inexpensive, like make it almost like the raw material. Like as Anita was talking about that console table, I was thinking, you know, you can even do something with two wooden saw horses. You sure. See, you see so many desks like that. And lots of times they're in maybe a chrome or something like that. But the idea is there. It's an X at either end propping up a horizontal board, right? And so you can treat the board and whatever way you wanted, whether it be painting or something like that, staining, you could have a piece of glass cut. And then say you had these two sawhorses at either end, you can lacquer paint them, you could spray paint them, gold, you could do whatever you want. I mean, it wouldn't be so far off from the look. And then when you add some other things around it that are smaller items, maybe that are a little bit higher end or that high-end fabric and you made it into a beautiful pillow and that's on your desk chair and then you've got the glass top and you've got these gold sawhorses. You know, I'm picturing it sort of like in this really fabulous woman's uh, studio slash office, right? You kind of like a great rug underneath, maybe some bookshelves behind painted black, maybe some sort of like a you know pink toned rug. You've got this great fabric. You've got this glass table and these gold. Nobody's going to think they're even, think they're salt horses, right? <laughs> and they don't cost anything really. Mm-hmm. I mean, I bought a couple of them when we were doing some work here, basically to prop things up when we were having stuff stored in the barn. And I, I mean, I think the pair of them were like 50 or 60 bucks. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. When we first got married, we used two uh, file cabinets and then put a door on top of it. And that was our desk. You kids are so cute. (laughs) Don't you just love a great recommendation from a friend? Well, we're delighted to be recommending these companies and their wonderful products to you today. And let them know your friends at DTT sent you. How about wallpapering the back of a bookcase? That would be a fun look and it would give it a lot of interest. And I was thinking too about if you wanted, if you're wanting that wallpaper look in a small space or in the back of a bookcase, what about there's so many fabulous stencils now? It's not like the old days where you were stuck with a duck with a, you know, a <laughs> ribbon around his neck. I mean, there's really some pretty <laughs> pull that ribbon tight. <laughs> yeah. So there's really some pretty stencils out there that people use to put on tiles or to put on the wall. And I think that would be, there's just a lot more stenciling options and they're much easier to use than they used to be repositionable where they kind of stick on the wall. And I think that would be a fun thing to do in the back of a bookcase or in a small room or something. What do you think about that? Oh, yeah, that's a great look. And again, that's the same idea as this fabric remnant. You know, I've mentioned before, my fave, fave, fave fabric is this um, Schumacher Pine Hollyhock 
I just love it. And I would just love to have draperies of it. I would just love it, love it, love it. It's so expensive. So I have one pillow, right? They also make wallpaper of it. So if I wanted to use wallpaper of it, then maybe I would just get one roll. And I would, because I, you know, doing a whole room would be a little much anyway, but one roll would do it. And, you know, that's like my wallpaper panels that I've talked to you guys about before. It's the same idea. It's just using a high-end wallpaper in a small space so you don't have to buy too much of it. And it's going to go a long way. It's going to make a big impact. And and so then if you put in, in that bookcase, you know, some vintage books and maybe a candle you got at Home Goods or something like that, a little doodly, a little something in your vignette that, you know, was not very expensive from TJ Maxx. No, no, no. That, all that stuff is going to look a lot more high end because it's sitting in front of that Schumacher wallpaper. Well, I think that's an excellent point. Rather than if you're wanting to use wallpaper and you can't afford something nice and you just can't find anything in your price range for a room, then maybe you just pick, like you said, an expensive wallpaper, but just buy a roll or some sort of sample size and then use it like you did in your house and put it in a large frame or put it on a tray that you're using or just use it in the back of a bookcase uh, or you know, just kind of in a small place so that uh, you're not using as much, but you're still getting this really elegant wallpaper in the room in some way. Um, another one that you might want to consider is this adhesive tile. Now, if you are wanting to redo your backsplash or you don't have a backsplash, it is really good looking. And I used it in the laundry room and I have enough left over because I was, I was sent this after. It was a while ago because we were at Haven. Mm-hmm. I think yes, this company that was, a was while there. Ago. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was sent it. And so they just sent me a whole bunch of it. I'm going to use it. I keep saying I'm going to do this, but I am. I'm going to use it in my office between the top of the desk and the where the cabinet starts. So I guess, you know, oh. it's not a backsplash per se because mm-hmm. it's not a kitchen, but it's that area of wall, which is right now just painted yeah, simply but that's white. That's a great idea. Yeah. And it looks so good. There's you you can do it yourself, really. Basically, all you need is some sort of like an exacto type of knife to cut it, depending on the type that you got. Mine is um metallic, so it's brush gold, kind of like uh in a honeycomb shape. There's no grout, so you don't have to hire a tile guy, which tile guys are difficult. Has anyone had that experience? They're it's difficult? Like, are you I saying find- they're emotionally draining? <laughs> I for me, they are. I've, I've rarely <laughs> met, I think I've only met like one tile guy in all my jobs that I have done for myself or for clients where it hasn't been a challenge, either communication or showing up. So anyway, maybe you all have great tile guys. Maybe it's something in that grout that that's maybe I, I mean, something. I, I, I don't find know the is. same with uh, stone fabricators. I find them to be also very challenging. Okay. Um, mm. But you don't need, you don't need those people. This is so simple to do mm-hmm. yourself. Comes in sheets. You basically just line it up. If you make a mistake, you just tug it off. And you put it back on. It, it, it's once it's really on there for a little while. I, I think it would be difficult to get it off. But in the in the actual installation process, you can move it around a little bit. So I highly recommend them. So I'll put a link Great in the show idea. notes to that. 
Great idea. So, and here's something small that you can do that I think also could make a really lovely change to a room, and that is to change out your lampshades. There's so many old lamps that the lamp is great, but the shade looks frumpy. And I even buy vintage lamps, and I think this is such a gorgeous lamp and such a hideous lampshade. And I'm thinking, why didn't they just take this lampshade and throw it off? I think they might have wanted to keep it. Right. So that's one thing that you can do. Another thing that I think is pretty inexpensive that I think looks fabulous, I love the idea of plates on the wall. And if you're a collector of plates like Kelly and I are, this is a great way to display your collection. And I love the look of a dark wall with those white ironstone plates on it. And I know a lot of... um, I think a reader told me, because I was talking about some inexpensive ways to put some hangers on the back, but... One thing somebody told me to do, I haven't used this, is you you drink sodas to use the pull tab Mm -hmm. and just kind of glue that on the back and use that as your, to hang them. But I haven't done that, but anyway, that's... I've heard that too. I guess guess it really depends on the type of glue that you use, but it is the same concept as the... Well, what I do is get the D-rings. I glue it on with kind of Gorilla Glue, but Mm -hmm. then to really hold it in place, I put uh, duct tape on it, Mm -hmm. but you have to let it cure all the way. I mean, you have to let that glue cure. But once the glue is cured, I have hung them like that and they've done just fine. So you use a D-ring that you would buy, what, in a mm-hmm. fabric store? A hardware store. A hardware mm-hmm. store. Okay. And then... Like a hanging D-ring, right? A hanging ring Not like one for a belt or something like that. No. Okay. So then it has... Does it have its own little tab on it? So it has a little tab that you would normally nail on. But I said okay. I put some Gorilla Glue on. Okay. But then I taped it in place. I used the duct tape just to kind of hold it in place while the glue was curing. Okay. And then do you take that off? I just the, left it I mean, on. The, the duct tape, I mean. No, I just left it on. Mm-hmm. But I did try um, when I was doing one of those... Uh, Texas flip and move houses, mm-hmm. the one before I, the one I did with you, I'd used duct tape and we didn't have time to glue it in place. And the next day before they were filming, uh, like one by one, those plates started falling off the wall. Oh no. It was bad. It was bad. You're like, oh, it's time for me to go. It's like, yo, I was long gone by then. Oh, yeah. good. Okay. Oh, good. Like good. you can't pin this on me. I'm gone. I'm gone. Somebody must have <laughs> knocked them off the wall. I don't know what you're talking about. What happened? So yeah, you guys, there's a lot of ways to do this. And and when I say do this, I mean, you know, low cost, high style decorating. It's just the way that you approach it. And I think that the most, these individual ideas are really great and may or may not work in your house. And you might be excited about, you know, the shelf idea or the, the sawhorse idea or Anita's ideas, things like that. But what you really want to remember is that what we talked about in the beginning. You want to know what the real deal is all about. You want to aim high and then work down as you must. But who knows? You might find something that is exactly what you want that's, you know, that's really reasonable based on availability, a ding, uh, you know, the last two yards of something. So don't just say, oh, don't cut, don't sort of be defeatist if you've got a budget. And if right. you don't have a budget, but you just enjoy being, and who, I mean, everybody has a budget, but you know what I mean? If it's not, yeah, money is not the top priority mm-hmm. um, and you know, okay, I'm doing this and I want it to be a certain way, but who wants to spend extra money when you don't have to? I mean, you want to be exactly. smart about it. You want that extra money left over to go buy yourself something fun. 
Exactly. Buy Anita's book. <laughs> or <laughs> then you can get that drop cough. Uh, That's right. Long drop uh, tutorial. That's a good one. So do you have a crush for us today? I do. Well, I got some new shoes for when we were together in Orlando at Podcast Movement because I knew we were going to be doing a lot of walking. So I got some very comfy, very cute, sparry, uh, vegan leather shoes that I love. And they're a white, uh, like I said, kind of a vegan leather and just very comfortable. And you don't actually tie the laces. So they kind of have, I don't know what you call that, but they kind of just, you know, just kind of slide in. So comfortable, so cute, and Evie loved them. She got actually a canvas version of them as well. So we kind of halfway match. Oh, how cute. No, they were really darling. And I think that sort of shoe, it's hard to get because sometimes they look like nurse shoes, which, I mean, if you're a nurse, that's great. You're on your feet all day and they need to be comfy. But, you know, and then sometimes they look too much like a sneaker. No, yours were so cute. I love them. Oh, thank you. Awesome. How about you? Okay, well, I've got something kind of exciting that I'm excited about going on here. Ooh. My experiment is not complete yet, but I, I, it's really working. So I want to tell you guys about this now. It is Grande Lash MD. Remember I mentioned a couple of episodes ago that I had uh, – a little visit to Sephora and I updated a lot of my makeup yes, or I added some did. things that mm-hmm. and threw out some old stuff. And so I was, I guess, probably bemoaning to the nice lady who was helping me. It's like, ah, I just, you know, I need a really good mascara because I got these stubby little lashes. She's like, oh my goodness, I have something for you. So she brought me over and showed me this product. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she said, you have to meet my colleague. And she brought over this girl who has been using this product. And she, I mean, she was just, she couldn't say more wonderful things about this product. And she wow. was just like, just bubbling over with the news of the growth of her lashes, the volume, the length, da, 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 da. So I thought, oh, okay, I've got to try it. So I said, I'll just try the the small version. And so I think I got the, the one that was like $35 or something like that. You guys, I've been only using it for about two weeks and it works. Wow. I have the stubbiest little lashes and I would like nothing better than to not really have to wear a, a lot of makeup. I mean, you don't have to wear any makeup, you know, it's fine. But, you know, even for going out, I don't really like to use too much makeup. This has been great. I can definitely tell. Oh, so exciting. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to try this. You're supposed to use it for three months for maximum performance. And then okay. I guess you have to keep using it, you know, for the rest of your life. Then you're something. locked in. Yeah. yeah you but can't he, go back. Who wants to go back? But it's won all kinds <laughs> of awards. And um, it seems like it is all you know pretty good for you. Ophthalmologist tested and approved. Face to use with contacts. And it has vitamins, antioxidants. And I know that Latisse and all of that from friends uh, that have had success with it. I've never used that. I was not going to go get a prescription for something and na, 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 na. And that's super expensive, I think. So I figured, why not? You know, I was worth uh, giving it a whirl for the 35 bucks. I'm hooked. It's got 334 five-star reviews. So I'm not alone. I would suggest if you want to uh, add a little volume and length that you give it a whirl, Grande Lash MD. 
So how about turning our attention to our listener question? It's Jackie W. Jackie's been a longtime listener. Thanks, Jackie. Jackie's got some questions about her uh, basement, her rec room, if uh, I think that's what she's calling it. There's a lot going on down there. She sent mm-hmm. some photos to us. Um, they use it for a lot of purposes, which is great. Um, but she's wondering... Should they or could they close in the ceiling? There's some ductwork that's visible. It appears from the photos that maybe the ceiling is kind of low. I don't, I'm not sure because it's just in the photos, but there's a sort of a, a, a picnic table, is it, Anita? And then there's it's a ping pong table. Yeah. yeah kind of a, a craft table, craft table. A TV area. Yeah. Uh, storage of things and uh, some exercise equipment, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, and maybe like even a little bit home office-y sort of stuff. I think maybe I'm seeing a printer or something down there. All very well organized, I must say. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was very neat. Definitely. Very neat. Very and neat. it looks like maybe kids play down there too. There's a little kid table, um, bookshelf, lots of stuff. Um, so Jackie's wondering, what are our thoughts? Anita, what are your thoughts? Well, Jackie, uh, I think you have a great multifunctional space there, and it is it is does have a little bit of a low ceiling. So I think when you have a low ceiling like that, it looks like it's open now. So you're trying to decide what to to put in for your ceiling, and I think when you have a low ceiling like that, you really want to make it pretty, uh, so it feels like it a little more interesting, kind of like a a English country cottage. You know, some of those ceilings tend to be low, but they end up just feeling kind of cozy. So I think I would try to go with maybe a planked wood ceiling or something like that where it feels, makes it look more cozy rather than uh, closed off. I don't know. I guess that's what I'm trying to think of. So I think that would make it very interesting and fun to look at and you would enjoy looking at it since you're going to notice it. It's a little bit lower. And as far as the space, I think I would just celebrate the openness of it and not and leave it open like that and probably my main suggestion as far as the space would be to put in some storage so that all the stuff in there can be put up in some large cabinets maybe you could go to ikea or something like that someplace like that and put in maybe a large wall of storage so that all that stuff that's sitting that's kind of in open storage is kind of put up that's going to give it a cleaner look and then if if your family's out there and wanting to get some craft things out, they're easily accessible. But when they're not in use, it's kind of put up and you don't have to see it. I mean, that's probably what I would do. Uh, and then it that's since it is such a big space, such an open space, I think anything sitting out is going to feel like clutter unless you have it closed up in cabinets. So that's that's my suggestion. How about you, Kelly? Yeah. I, it, what a treat to have um, a lower level like that. We don't have, we have a dinky little basement here. So I, that is wonderful. I grew up with a basement like that and had a lot of fun times, parties and whatnot downstairs. So great for you that you have this space, Jackie. As far as the ceiling is concerned, you know, it's going to be, could be fairly expensive to have it closed in. Maybe not the material so much, but the labor, you know, if you do sheetrock, you've got to have somebody buy it, then you have somebody install it, then you spackle, then you paint, all that. I might just have a painter come in and spray it all. So spray the ductwork, spray the beams, spray it all white, 
And then, you know, if the walls need to be sprayed, I mean, that's easy enough while it's in there. And I think all of it, once it's all one color, and right now it's raw wood and the silver ductwork, once it's all white, I think it'll just sort of fade away. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to have that. I mean, you know, that's a look too. I mean, some people were even doing that for a while in their kitchens, like leaving the ductwork open and stuff. It is kind of an industrial look. So I don't think it's has to scream unfinished basement. Do you know what I'm saying? And it is a basement. So it's okay Uh to do Uh that. And um, as far as- I would close it though. (laughs) Excuse me? I think I wouldn't close it though. Well, we're allowed to have a difference of opinion once oh, in a right, while. Oh, right, right, right. No, we? I'm just throwing that out there. You are welcome okay. to your opinion, of course. Thank you. This is my opinion part. And so, and you're going to, you're not going to like this, Amina, because I think you should break it up. Jackie, oh, okay. I Alrighty. think between where the table is and where the TV and it looks like you've got one of those womb chairs and you've got, it looks like an elliptical machine and maybe some sort of comfy sort of TV type chairs. I might put up some sort of a half wall. Now, of course, that involves materials and labor and all that and a little bit of mess. Or just something, maybe even a piece of furniture, like a big console. You could probably thrift something like that and maybe it gets painted. Just something coming out perpendicular from the wall to to separate the space. Say, okay, this is the table, craft, what have you area. This is where we're doing our, our office work or what have you is going on over here. And then over here is more of the relaxing TV uh, section of, of the room. I would do that. I wouldn't put up a giant wall to necessarily to close it off. But I mean, you could do that. You could make it a separate space. Um, and here's where I really do agree with Anita is that if you had closed cabinetry, because anything, as Anita said, anything that's out is going to impact the feel of the room. So it's going to add visual noise, right? So it's, whether it's the spines of books or it's craft materials or some things that could go inside of a cabinet, all those small things are going to add up to make it feel like it's, um, even though it's really, really, really well organized, it's going to seem like there's a lot going on. So I would do closed cabinets. And I know that Home Depot has very reasonable tall wardrobe-like cabinetry with doors because I just use that in a client's house. And um, I think you can buy them in different widths. And then, so it comes all done. Basically, all you'd need to do is get yourself a knob. It may even come with wooden knobs. And so that might be something where you could do a whole expanse of the wall of those. And, you know, one could be crafts. One could be kids' toys and things. And another one could be whatever, books, old tax returns, things like that, just stuff you might be storing down there. Well, I think we've offered several different options there. So that'd be interesting to see what she decides yeah, to do. Yeah, Jackie, let us know. Mm-hmm. So this was fun. I hope everybody got some tips. Uh, we'll have some links to some of the specific things we talked about, of course, in the show notes. Um, so check those out for... Um, different fabric shops you might want to check for remnants, the video, all things like that. And remember, we are here to inspire you to create a beautiful home. Until next time.
want to remind you that we are available for design consults. We take on your design dilemmas, questions, renovations, any project you want to talk about, any room, any space, we are here for you. And we really do enjoy doing these. And I think we've helped people a lot. So if you want to sign up for a consult, head to the link in the show notes. It's decoratingtipsandtricks.com slash consult. We hope to talk to you soon.